Good morning, Rez. It's good to be with you today. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of the family. I was thinking about that yesterday. Jane and I are so privileged to be able to call Rez our family and our home. And you guys make us feel so loved and welcome. And we're so grateful for that. And I look forward to speaking to you today. I'm, I'm, I'm in a spot where uh, I, I just feel like the Lord's presence was here really powerful during our prayer time and, and that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm looking at this flag. I'm realizing today that I have the freedom to walk up here and preach. Many countries, this can't happen. I can't just stand up and preach the word of God. So we need, you know, you don't understand how grateful you need to be for that until it's taken away from you. So let's be people who are thankful right now for the freedom we have to come and worship freely our Lord and Savior this morning. And yet, as I was sitting there, um, I almost came up, Jake and I were talking. I almost just walked up here, but I thought, ah, I'll wait. I'll be going up in a couple of seconds anyway. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I know that when you do what I do for a living, sometimes it looks like we set it up and stuff, but I, I have nothing set up this morning. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not, I'm not, I just kind of go with what I sense the Lord leading in my heart. And this morning, I'm looking around at this absolutely gorgeous sanctuary. It's a beautiful sanctuary. We worship in every Sunday and you, you are very blessed. You know that. And, but I'm sitting there thinking of how many hurting people are sitting in here. How many people today sitting in this beautiful sanctuary looking at that flag really do need freedom? Freedom from an addiction, freedom from some relationship that's, that's taking you down. Uh, the last time I was here, I remember I preached a message about, you know, what are you building your life on? You might not remember that, but I talked about what you're building your life on. And this message is going to be somewhat of a continuation of that. Because this week, um, Monday and Tuesday, I went up, had the privilege of speaking to all the Res Life pastors. There's this, they call it Link, all the pastors, part of the Res Life Association from around the country, literally around the country and world, uh, come together. And it's called Link. So we're linking ourselves up, trying to be good stewards of what God's called us to do. I had the privilege um, of speaking at that, and, and I'm thankful for that. Um, Pastor Bernie was here with me and Jake, we were up there. Pastor Dwayne isn't here this morning. He's preaching elsewhere. We were all there together. And I want to tell you why we went there. We were there on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. I was only there most of the day on Tuesday. We were there to try to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to hear that. We went there because we know that we are people who need to grow in Jesus Christ. We need freedom in our lives to fully serve God because God's called us to give leadership to you. And I'm one of those people that believes I am held even more accountable than you are because I'm put in a spot where I'm supposed to communicate and preach the love of God from his holy word. That I consider a huge responsibility and I believe I'm held at another level. So we go away together to talk about how to be better at doing what we do and how to be more holy and how to be more like Christ. Because being a pastor doesn't make me a Christian and sitting in this church doesn't make me a Christian any more than sitting in my garage makes me a car. That's not how it works. If you're going to be a Christian, you got to follow Christ. The Bible says in John 13, 15, and this verse is my theme for this morning. John 13, 15, the word of God says, Jesus speaking said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. See, my standard isn't me. I don't look and go, you know what? 
I'm good. And if I can live like me, I'll be good. And, I, and my standard is not you. I, I'm not to find someone in this audience I greatly admire and go, now if I could be like them. No, my standard is Jesus. Your standard for life is Jesus. And he said, I have set an example so you should do as I have done. Wow. That's a big deal. I'll tell you what I've started noticing about us people including us Christians. If you're here this morning and you are a, a person who kind of thinks Christians can be fake sometimes, let me encourage you, you're right. If you're one of those people that come into church, even look at me and go, yeah, look at that, where's a pink shirt? I mean, I don't know what you're thinking. Now, my daughter gave me this, so I'm proud of it. But I want you to, if you look up there and go, yeah, that, I, I'm, I am not fake and I don't wanna be fake. And I want to be authentic for people like you who sit here questioning. And I wanna tell you what I've noticed about the rest of us, some of us who call ourselves Christians, some of us who don't, watch this, ready? Just listen to this phrase the Lord kinda of laid on my heart. A lot of us spend our life lowering the bar of integrity so we can keep jumping over it. Let me say it again. A lot of us spend our life Low, some of you in this room this morning from a year ago today have lowered a bar of integrity because it's just easier. I can do what I want to do. And if you lower the bar of integrity and keep jumping over, you feel good about yourself. And Jesus said, I have called you to raise the bar. Jesus didn't go, you know what, let's do. Hey, disciples, let's all lower the bar. No, he said, hey, I'm gonna go up and hang on that tree and it's not gonna be good because some of y'all are gonna die like I die. And they're like, can we lower that bar? Because if Jesus is our example, let's just all admit it, we got some dying to self to do. There's some more self in me that needs to go bye-bye. Last night was the Daytona 400. I don't follow NASCAR real closely. I'm sure there's a few NASCAR fans here. I, I, I follow all sports, so I check scores. I check everything. And I know there are some of you who don't think NASCAR is a sport. I get that. But it is legally. They call it that. So it's on ESPN. And so I see the highlights. And last night was the Daytona 400. Most of us would be more familiar with the first race of the year, the Daytona 500, but the 400 occurs around July the 4th. I watched it last night. I wanted to see a little bit of it last night because I knew today I was gonna use pieces of their car to talk to you. So I used to do a lot of pastoring for the NASCAR drivers. I would be in the pits. I would hang out with the drivers. And at the races, after a race was done or whatever, I would sometimes say to a driver, hey, can I have that? I would just walk up to them, you know, and I'd prayed for them, loved on them, and they had lived through that race, so they were happy they were alive. And so I'd go up to them and say, hey, can I have a piece of your car? Like, for example, I went up to Ward Burton and I said, can I have your steering wheel? <laughs> if you've ever watched during a NASCAR race when there's a wreck or whatever, the guys will take their wheel, they take the steering wheel off. So I thought, shoot, if they can take that off, they can give it to me. So I just asked for it and I got and I figured over the course of the years, I'd bring myself a NASCAR car home, you know, just get a different piece every time. Ward Burton drove this. He used to drive the 22 Caterpillar. And by the way, I asked him, I said, Ward, when you're in the Daytona 500, you're going 200 miles an hour. What's that like? As I said, what's that like? He said, 
You want me to tell you the truth? He talked real Southern. In fact, he said his own name. I'm Ward Button. That's the way he would talk, Ward Button. He said, I'm really, it's really scary, Dan. And I said, what do, what do you mean? He said, I'm, I'm scared to death. I said, so you don't even like it? I don't like it. It's too fast. That's what he said. As a driver is scared of his own car. Don't blame him. I get it. So I asked him for this steering wheel, and this morning I'm going to use this steering wheel as part of this message. Who holds the steering wheel to your life? Jesus said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. If that's true, let me tell you who should be holding the steering wheel. of you. Who should be deciding what you do and where you go? Jesus. I've seen those things. You know, God is my co-pilot. If you have that, don't be offended by this. But if you've got that, that's, that's messed up. Because if God's your co-pilot, you got him in the wrong seat. He is the pilot. God is the pilot of your life. And, and I guess I would just ask all of you this morning, if I went to your car, literally your car, you say, Dan, I don't have a car. Okay, your bicycle, wherever you walked this week, wherever you went this week, if I put my hand on the steering wheel of your life this week and went where you have gone, did you go where Jesus would go? Is there anywhere you've gone this week that you would say, I would not want that to come up on the big screen? If, if Christ has the steering wheel of my life, I'm careful where I go. Y'all get... Y'all get that Jesus was 100% divine, but he was 100% human too. Jesus was just like us. He suffered. He went through pain and agony. When John the Baptist was beheaded, that was his dear friend. The Bible says he went away by himself. He, he hurt. He hurt just like us. Now, I want y'all to understand, Jesus had all power. When he was hanging on the cross, y'all get that he could have obliterated all the people down there that were even poking fun at him. Do you know what's amazing to me about Jesus? The amount of power that he had that he didn't take out on people. Because I want to go and speak about myself a minute. If I had Jesus' power and somebody was crucifying me, they would have a hard day. Because I want to get them back. Hey, y'all relate to this? Sometimes you just want to get them back. <laughs> yeah, somebody, yeah. I'm with you, brother. Where are you? Sometimes you just want to get them back. And Jesus said, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep loving you. I, I'll just steer a little clear at you. You've, you. You're trying to hurt me, but I'll, I'll keep pressing on. It's not easy. This, this thing of following Jesus and being like Jesus, this is not a piece of cake. This is work. And it comes down to this right here. Um, I've told you this story before, but not with detail. I'm going to tell it with detail. If you say, I've heard this story, not with this detail. I got to tell this story again this morning. When I was eight or 10, I have no idea how old I was, eight, nine, 10. I know I was old enough to really fully understand it, but I wasn't, I was somewhere between being a teen and a kid, a twid. I was somewhere in the middle of those two. I wasn't a teen yet, but I wasn't full, a kid. I was a little older. Mom and I were driving from Easley to Pickens in South Carolina. Easley to Pickens. And that's about 
20 minutes. And we were on the highway between those two cities and my mom was driving. I was in the passenger seat. We were talking. We were passing a rock quarry kind of place. I remember it. I remember seeing the big pipes and the big uh, conveyors and all that stuff that goes with rock. I remember all that. And in the Carolinas, as opposed to here in Michigan, let me just tell you all something different because you're not from the South. Down there, when they pave roads, like asphalt roads, when they pave them, um, when you get to the edge of the asphalt, there's no shoulder. It just drops, like maybe that far. So you got to be careful when you drive in the Carolinas. Jane and I were just in Tennessee, same way there. Oh, man, it was so funny because Jane hasn't been on those roads in a while. I, they were curvy, and I love those roads. But for her, she sees that edge, and it just freaks her out. Because if your wheel just gets off the edge of that little pavement, it'll just, you know, your car, you can lose control. And my mom was driving and she she hit that little pavement and um she went off and I remember as a kid thinking I remember thinking we're gonna die because the car lost control it started swerving I, I thought we were gonna roll it ripped right across thank goodness no car was coming I probably wouldn't be preaching this morning it was crazy and my mom at first you know you know you wrestled with her first thought was she was trying to do it. and then all of a sudden my mom literally she she literally said these words okay she went Jesus take it she didn't say Jesus take the wheel or I'd have sued Carrie but she said <laughs> she didn't say the wheel but she did say Jesus take it just like that and I was looking at her and I remember her I remember her taking her hands back I can remember the, de I, I have a memory of things. My mind just remembers things. I remember my mom going, Jesus, take it. And I, I don't want to talk about this part of the story. This part of the story is crazy. That car, it's almost like it leapt in the air and landed where it was supposed to land and went straight as an air. It was crazy. And I looked at my mom like, wow, you're a really good prayer, mom. That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, holy cow, because... It, it did that. It could have done something different. If you're here and you go, I can't. Well, I, I don't want to talk about that. Here's what I want to talk about. Here's why I told you this story. As I've aged now, I'm 56. As I look at the life my mother left for me, she left me two and a half years ago, went on to be with the Lord. As I look back at my life, here's what I'm most amazed about that story. My mother's first thought was to turn to Jesus. I, I, I'm going I'm to have a confession here, okay? And y'all, don't be mad. Somebody's going to be offended by this. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what. I know Dan Seaborn, okay? I'm not like my mom yet. I'm not as close to Jesus as she was yet. I'm not. I just admit it. I think my first thought might have been, holy mother of... I mean, I think that it wouldn't have been good. And I'm thinking some of y'all, I'm sorry. I've met some of y'all. Y'all would not think Jesus first. You might get to him about fifth default. And that's what I came to ask you. Where is Jesus in your default system? Because see, in life, we're going to go through things and we have to go right to Jesus. And here's the problem with us. We start over here and we work our way back to him. That's not what Jesus asked us to do. That's a bar that's too low. We need to raise the standard in our life. I'm going to pause this message and we're going to listen to a little bit of <laughs> how appropriate Jesus take the wheel. And I'm going to ask you a question, a serious question. 
who's holding your steering wheel? I want you to contemplate it a second. I'm not done preaching in case you think, well, I'm getting out early. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not done. But I want you to ask yourself right now, who has the wheel of your... And I'm, I'm going to do something really bold. While the, the phrase is going to come up, Jesus, take the wheel, okay? You say, that's not a Christian song. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is, too. Anybody that sings Jesus, take the wheel, I'll tell you why. That's, I like it. If, if you would say this morning, Dan, I got my hands on my steering wheel. I got other people's fingerprints on my steering wheel. I want Jesus to have the steering of my life. If that's your prayer, watch, I'm going I'm to do something really bold. As this is being sung, I just want you to stand up. I just want you to say, Dan, I'm sick of Jesus being my fourth and fifth default. This is ridiculous. Every time I do that, every time I get to him, I go, why didn't I go here first? Because my mom went there first. And I'm not telling you the car is going to jump right back up in the drive. I'm not telling you that. Because sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the accidents happen. But I'm asking you, who's got your wheel? And if you're here this morning, you would be bold enough. In fact, I'm, I'm just going to have you bow your heads. Just bow your heads a moment. If the Lord speaks to you during this little song, some area of your life you need to give him. Some area of your life. I, I told you this morning I wanted to walk up here earlier because God heals the brokenhearted. The Bible says he, he binds up their wounds. You got a wound today? Give Jesus the will of your life. Listen to these words. Stand if the Lord speaks to your heart. And then the next piece of car I asked a driver for, I said to Dale Jarrett, I want your mirror. This is the rear view mirror that they have in the NASCAR cars. Um, Dale used this at a race and then he, and he gave it to me. And this, this mirror is, I want you to see this, this mirror is convex, meaning it bends out some. Because when something is convex and it's mirrored, you can see more. So like today, I get, oh my goodness, with it's convex, I can see lots of you. If it, was, if it was just flat, I could see a few. But with convex, you can see everything that's behind you. Okay? You can see a lot. Y'all remember that? Remember that show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? I see Timmy. I see Billy. I see a lot of y'all. Wow, that, look at that. That's crazy. There's a lot of y'all right there. There's a lot. And I want to remind you, there's a reason. Look at this little phrase. I want to remind you, the second point, guys, help me out. The second point here is there's a reason that your front windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. From this morning forward, you need to be leading your life looking through the front windshield, not the rearview mirror. Because for many of us, listen, our past has for too long determined who we are. When you get in the mirror, get in the car of your life, you stand to look and go, see, see, look at all. Satan loves to use the rear view mirror. He loves to use the rear view mirror to remind you of your past and to tell you you're no good. The rear view mirror in your car is not for you to be reminded of your past. It's to show you if anything's back there you need to be aware of. Is there something going on behind me I don't know about? If it is, I want to be aware of it. Today, as you drive home, you'll check the rearview mirror. But you don't drive looking through the rearview mirror. You drive looking through your windshield. It's way bigger. 
It's way more open. And some of you here this morning are not able to raise the bar of your life because something happened in your past and it just haunts you. As many of you know, mine for many years was my relationship with my dad. For years it haunted me. I would wake up at night, even in the ministry as a pastor, I would wake up at night with sweating with bad dreams and memories of things that happened to me. And I would even wake up and go, I'm never going to get over this. And I, I hated him for years. Even when I was in the ministry, if I brought up my father, it would be to be able to say something negative. In my 30s, I would speak of him negatively. I don't anymore. I don't anymore. Love my father. He's 87. Wish he could be with me right now. He's in the Carolinas. He's not doing well. I love my dad. And what's funny is, I didn't even want to check the rearview mirror for many years. I didn't even want to look at him. I didn't even want to talk to him. I remember when the Lord kind of laid on my heart, I needed to change that. And, and I remember looking right into the eyes of it. Oh, my goodness. Some of you today totally get this statement when I say to you, to move forward, you don't want to do it. But you need to look into the eyes of the monster of your past. And let me just tell you, Jesus is the one who can help you do that. There is nothing that you have faced in life that Jesus can't help you overcome. My favorite last verse is, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Without him, I can't face it. I remember, listen, listen to this. From, I'm just talking about my life. I didn't want to face and look in the rear view and, and look at my father and really see that, okay, if I deal with that, then this front windshield becomes clearer. I didn't realize it was affecting how I was driving. It was affecting where I looked. It was affecting my future. And I was letting it. Oh, if you had said to me, oh, I'm not letting, my dad's not bothering me at all. Just look at my reaction, you know. Is your father affect you? No. <laughs> now, if you said to me, does your father affect you? I, I, might, I might actually start crying right now because I'm feeling bad for him. I love him. I'm sorry he's struggling. He fell and hurt his hip. I wish I could hold him right now. God did that in me. I could have done this. When I was 35, if you had said he hurt himself, I'd go, good, he deserved it. Some of y'all really understand what I'm saying because you're feeling that very thing. And you go, Dan, how'd you get there? Well, I went and sat down with my mentor pastor. And I said to him, man, I'm, I hate my dad. And he said to me, Dan, I have a question for you. I said, okay. He said, what'd your dad ever do good? That was his question. This pastor, mentor of mine said, what'd your dad ever do that was good? L listen to me. I looked at him and I said, I don't know. I never allowed myself to have that thought. He said, I wonder what would happen if you considered he did something good. Changed my whole perspective. I remember sitting with my father. A few weeks after that, I sat with my dad at his house eating a meal. And I looked at him and I said, Dad, can you tell me a little bit about your childhood? 
oh my goodness, guys. He started telling me his childhood. My heart started hurting. I started listening to him going, Dad, I never knew you went through that, man. And I, he got to the end. I was crying as my father was talking. And I said to him, Dad, I never knew that. And you know what's crazy? You were a pretty good dad when I think about what you must have gone through. He just looked down. He didn't know how to take a compliment from me. And sometimes you got to look through the rearview mirror and face that thing that maybe has been hard for you so you can move on forward. If you want to raise the bar, what's this? What I did for many was lower the bar so I could keep jumping over dad. Lower the bar, I hurt him again. And then the Lord kind of said, whoa, whoa, damn, damn, damn. Right? Love your father. But Lord, he's hurt me. Love him. That's what I did for you. You've hurt me too, Dan, and I just keep raising that bar for you. You, you hurt me last week, and I raised a bar of love for you. Who do you need to raise the bar for? And watch this. Here's what's crazy. Look who got healed. Me. 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 I see two clocks. That one says 28.18 and that one says 10.30. Am I supposed to be done? Just, am, I, is it, am I done? Somebody tell me. Is, it 10, is 10.30 when I'm supposed to be done? Nobody's saying anything, so. I got 28 minutes. I'll just finish with, uh, <laughs> I got really brave and I asked Jeff Gordon for his gas can. <laughs> And, and just so y'all don't think I'm strong, these things are so light, it's ridiculous. Come up after, because I've watched races before, you know, as guys walk out with this thing, I'm going, man, those guys are strong. Look, I can hold it up with one finger. It's made out of aluminum. They're tricky. So come grab it after the service if you want to feel it, but don't do it with one finger because it'll cut you. And, I, and since we're on the NASCAR theme, I thought I'll take a gas can and kind of ask you, uh, what do you fill your tank up with? Have y'all ever gone to a, a gas station that tried to make a little extra money and put a little water in the gas? And after you leave, you kind of sputter your way for the next whole time before you run out again? Let me, let me just give y'all a little piece of advice. Don't fill your cars up with water. I mean, maybe a day's coming <laughs> that we'll be able to do that, but it ain't here yet. It, it, those NASCAR cars, they fly. And, and if you've ever been in the pit or around them, they are loud. And one of the reasons are they burn 100%, 100% pure Sunoco fuel. And if you want your life to run good, 100% Jesus. Just got to put him in there all the time. You got you to read his word. Dan, I get so bored doing that. Pick one verse. I told you this before. Pick one verse. I talked about it on a Wednesday night or Sunday night. Pick one verse. Read that one verse till it sinks in. Don't try to read the Bible in a week. Don't try to read the Bible in a week. You'll, you'll give up. Do whatever you got to do to pour Jesus Christ in your life every day. For me, it's just sometimes, like today, I, I can tell y'all I've had a hard week. Y'all have no idea. 
Something happened to me this week. It's really difficult. It's weighing on me. I can start crying right now. It's so heavy. I'm telling you this afternoon, if you follow my life, you will find me somewhere sitting by myself outside talking to Jesus. Because y'all can't give me strength to deal with this. My wife can't give me strength to deal with this. She's been gone for a whole week. She's actually landing here. At... Now i got 31 minutes. <laughs> I like this clock. Um, she'll be landing here in a minute. I haven't seen her in a while, so we're going to talk about this issue later today. I'm going to love her through it. She's going to need my arms today. She's going to need my arms today. I'll hold her. And then I'll let Jesus hold me. And we'll get through it. Because our gas tank is filled up, not with you, not with money, but with Jesus. And I want to tell you today, that's my sermon and I'm sticking to it. I want you all to leave here and raise the bar. And I want you to go honor Jesus. Okay? Deal? Lord, help us to go honor you today. We don't have it all figured out. But boy, we know that our freedom comes from you. And we know that you told us to be like you. And so we're going to go try. Because we love you. And all of us said, amen. Bless y'all. Thank y'all for letting me share.